Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. This is Fundamentally Mormon. Today we're going to be going over one of the past episodes that I have done. We'll be reading Chapter 4 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1, Knowledge is Power, pages 36 to 44. We'll be doing the reader program first, which is about 20 minutes long, and then I will be playing the reading portion of my old program, the link to reading this chapter and to reading this book and to reading other books on restoration theology (laughs) and to listening to the original program can be found in the link to the description of this podcast and radio show. Thank you for listening. Knowledge is Power, Chapter 4 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1. Pages 36 to 44, it is impossible for a man to be saved in ignorance. No matter when or where we are born, it is, it is by gaining knowledge and understanding that we receive joy, advancement, and growth. Brigham Young explained, The first great principle that ought to occupy the attention of mankind, that should be understood by the child and the adult, and which is the mainspring of all action, whether people understand it or not, is the principle of improvement. The principle of increase, of exaltation, of adding to that we already possess, is the grand moving principle and cause of the actions of the children of men. No matter what their pursuits are, in what nation they were born, with what people they have been associated, what religion they profess, or what politics they hold, This is the mainspring of the actions of the people, embracing all the powers necessary and performing the duties of life. Journal of Discourses Without Knowledge, Intelligence, Free Agency and Choices, We Are Idiots. Spirits born in the pre-existence were just like little children born in this world and dash completely helpless, totally dependent on others and without any agency. But as we grew older and began to learn, 
We could make our own choices and decisions. We selected our schooling, occupations, and friends. We also chose the kind of principles and standards we wanted to live by, and even the kind of kingdom we wanted to live in. We voted for our government over there just as we vote for it here. If we were among the morning stars that sang for joy at the creation of this earth, what else did we do? We did not just keep singing for joy until the earth was completed, nor did we just sit around waiting for the dinosaurs to die off so we could have a safe place to live. According to Mosier Hancock, who had one of the most revealing visions of the pre-mortal life, we were learning. When thus clothed, they were arranged in classes of about 200, the males sitting in front and the females behind them. They were taught in the arts and sciences, and everything necessary to make the heart happy. The teachers of their classes received the instruction they imparted from certain notable ones, who in turn got their directions from the Father and the Son. I thought I was one to overlook the classes. I also saw Joseph, Brigham, and many others engaged in this work of education. I thought as some became more efficient than others they were advanced from class to class. Again the question would be asked of the males, if you will not join the Church of Christ, what do you wish to be? He would sometimes say, I wish to be a judge, or an officer of high rank among the people. Then he would be asked, will you sustain the laws of God and also the rights of all mankind? And the answer in every instance was, yes. I saw that those who were proficient in their classes were advanced more rapidly until they became most perfect in those heavenly teachings, but some males, even there in heaven would neglect their females in their classes and not meet with them. They would go off, arm in arm, as men now go, not having any desire for their duties. I never saw a female leave her place in the class assigned her by the heavenly powers. Mojo's important visionary account gives us a clear understanding of the activities and decisions we were involved in while in that pre-mortal state. 1. We attended classes of instruction and received an education, much the same as in school classes here in mortality. 2. We were taught in the arts and sciences, and in the principles of righteousness which tend to make the heart happy. Some chose not to join the Church of Jesus Christ, but indicated they would honor Him. 3. The instructions came directly from the Father and the Son, which indicates the lessons pertained to the principles and doctrines of God's kingdom. 4. Those who learned their lessons well, were able to advance to higher classes. 5. Many chose the professions and positions they wanted to have in mortality. When someone excels in music, mathematics, sciences, etc., at a very young age, they probably chose and developed those talents in the pre-existence and some chose not to be educated or schooled at all. 
six. Some men chose companionship with each other rather than with females, which tendency apparently came with them into mortality. 7. According to Moja, not one female ever rebelled against God, nor did any female ever leave her place in those schools. So, as long ago as in the pre-existence we had the opportunity to learn the principles, doctrines, and ordinances of the kingdom of God. Study and learning have always been very important in the kingdom of God, and are mentioned throughout scripture. Even in the latter days, the Lord revealed to his church, and from time to time, as shall be manifested by the Comforter, receive revelations to unfold the mysteries of the kingdom, and set in order the churches, and study and learn, and become acquainted with all good books, and with languages, tongues, and people. And this shall be your business and mission in all your lives, to preside in council, and set in order all the affairs of this church and kingdom. And as all have not faith, seek ye diligently and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning, even by study and also by faith. And I give unto you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Teach ye diligently and my grace shall attend you that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God, that are expedient for you to understand, of things both in heaven and in the earth, and under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which must shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and the perplexities of the nations, and the judgments which are on the land, and a knowledge also of countries and of kingdoms and dash, that you may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you, and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Brigham Young gave similar counsel, and inasmuch as the Lord Almighty has designed us to know all that is in the earth, both the good and the evil, and to learn not only what is in the heavens, but what is in hell, you need not expect ever to get through learning. In both the pre-mortal and mortal worlds we can chose the kind of learning that is most important to us. If a person signed up for all the available courses at the University of New York, it would take him over 500 years to complete them all. Since we cannot obtain all the knowledge available in this life, we should use wisdom in selecting the kind of learning that is most important to us. Certainly for Latter-day Saints, gospel principles of exaltation and eternal increase should be at the top of the list. Furthermore, according to Brigham Young, we should study both good and evil and their consequences. However, it is not necessary to consciously commit evil to learn its consequences. Without even trying, most of us make enough bad decisions and mistakes to give us plenty of experience with and understanding of evil. And after being taught, it is important that we qualify to teach others. A good teacher is an essential member of society and dash not just in a formal classroom setting, 
but in everyday life. Among the studies given to the children of the kingdom were those pertaining to the plan of salvation. Such principles, doctrines, laws, commandments, ordinances and covenants were to be followed exactly as originally given, and were to remain the same for everyone in every dispensation. Joseph Smith advised, Ordinances instituted in the heavens before the foundation of the world, in the priesthood, for the salvation of men, are not to be altered or changed. All must be saved on the same principles. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith These principles constituted the gospel of the kingdom, whereas all other gospels would be the gospels of men or the devil. The gospel of the kingdom was designed to be followed like a blueprint given to a building contractor. The stability of the building depended on strict adherence to that blueprint. Cement must meet specific standards. Metal beams must be the right size and strength. And all the materials must be used exactly to specification. As Joseph explained, The gospel has always been the same. The ordinances to fulfill its requirements, the same. And the offices to officiate, the same. And the signs and fruits resulting from the promises, the same. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, but in spite of these warnings, man began to revise and change God's blueprint designed for the salvation and exaltation of mankind, and substituted other principles in laws. It is interesting to see the variety of values and interests people have in gaining a worthwhile education. Some will pump iron and spend many hours daily developing their physical muscles, yet spend very little time building up the intellectual muscle of the brain. The motivation for developing our brain is given to us by the Prophet Joseph Smith. Whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. And if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Immortality we are placed in positions and situations based on what we did and learned in our pre-mortal life. Likewise, in the next world we will inherit the merits of what we did and learned in this life and dash hence the importance of learning and preparing ourselves for a better place in the next world. But we have been instructed that we could not possibly learn everything either in the pre-existence nor in mortality, but that our learning, glory, and kingdom could continue to grow and increase throughout the eternities. However, there are some who have a differing view of this continual learning capability, such as Bruce R. McConkie and Joseph Fielding Smith. There are those who say that God is progressing in knowledge and is learning new truths. This is false utterly, totally, and completely. There is not one sliver of truth in that. I have been sorely tempted to say at this point that any who so suppose of the intellect of an ant and the understanding of a clod of miry clay in the primordial swamp. Laughter, but, of course, I would never say a thing like that.
more laughter. He, God, knows all things, and all power and is everywhere present by the power of his spirit, and unless we know and believe this doctrine, we cannot gain faith unto life and salvation. The perfections of God are named as the perfections which belong to all of the attributes of his nature, which is to say, that God possesses in his all knowledge, all faith or power, all justice, all judgment, all mercy and all truth. He is, indeed, the very embodiment, personification and source of all these attributes. Does anyone suppose that God can be more honest than he already is? Neither need any suppose there are truths he does not know, or knowledge he does not possess. Bruce R. McConkie, View 14 Stake Fireside, June 1, 1980, printed by Pioneer Press. Do we believe that God has all wisdom? If so, in that, he is absolute. If there is something he does not know, then he is not absolute in wisdom, and to think such a thing is absurd. Does he have all power? If so, then there is nothing in which he lacks. If he is lacking in wisdom and in power, then he is not supreme, and there must be something greater than he is, and this is absurd. I cannot comprehend God in his perfection having to spend time discovering laws and truth he does not know. Such a thought to me is destructive, not progressive. Should there be truth which God has not discovered, when may he discover it, and, like a chemist who mixes certain elements and blows himself up, when will the Almighty find some hidden truth or law which will shatter all? However, both men admit that God's kingdom will continue to increase in dominion, size and glory, but wouldn't that be impossible without gaining greater knowledge and understanding about these kingdoms? Both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young explained the nature of this continuous learning process. Joseph Smith, I learned a testimony concerning Abraham, and he reasoned concerning the God of heaven. In order to do that, said he, suppose we have two facts, that supposes another fact may exist and dash two men on the earth, one wiser than the other, would logically show that another who is wiser than the wisest may exist. Intelligences exist one above another, so that there is no end to them. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith Brigham Young It has been stated that God our Father comprehends eternity, from eternity to eternity, all there is, all there was, all there ever can be about eternity, in and through it. When a person undertakes to establish such a doctrine, what does he do? He gives bounds to that eternity which he at the same time admits to be boundless. Admit such doctrine, and eternity flees away like the shadow of morning. And that is as much as I ever teach about it. Journal of discourses all things that have come within the bounds of man's limited knowledge and dash the things he naturally understands. Teach him that there is no period, in all the eternities where an organized existence will become stationary, that it cannot advance in knowledge, wisdom, power and glory. Journal of Discourses, 
because of the weakness of human nature, it must crumble to the dust. But in all the revolutions and changes in the existence of men, in the eternal world which they inhabit, and in the knowledge they have obtained as people on the earth, there is no such thing as principle, power, wisdom, knowledge, life, position, or anything that can be imagined, that remains stationary and dash they must increase or decrease. Journal of discourses so the increase of knowledge and learning should be a continuous process and is an important factor in developing a kingdom. But it can also be a very dangerous thing, as we will see in the next chapter. Chapter 5 The Rebellion Okay, that was the reading portion of the program. We'll get into the commentary portion, but let me remind you that this is Flashback Friday, (laughs) and we're covering something that I already broadcast, and uh, so basically what I'm doing is I'm playing... um, Episode 234, so this this episode, Flashback Friday, is 551, but the one that we're going back to is 234, which you can find at youtube.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon or youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass. And since it's so long, I'm going to break it up into two parts, but it'll be on the same program. Um, anyway, so this episode was recorded, let me see if I can get to this, oh, I didn't put on, I didn't put it on when it was recorded, anyway, it doesn't matter, um, but this is a recording of what I did, I think, two years ago, so... I think it was March of 2020 that I recorded this program. So thank you for listening. Hopefully the audio is good. If it isn't, you can go to the link in the description of the podcast and uh, and listen to the original and the audio quality of that one is good. So thanks. O God, the Eternal Father, we come to Thee in the name of Thy Son, Yeshua, our Messiah. We love Thee, Father, with all of our hearts, and we seek to turn unto Thee. We desire to be part of Thy kingdom. We desire to be part of Zion's redemption, that we might be tools in Thine hand to bring forth the redemption of Zion, that we might be able to meet with and be part of the the church of the firstborn. We love thee so very much and we ask thee for all of our, all of us who are listening and watching, ask for blessings to be upon us, that thy spirit might open up our minds to the truth of the gospel and the truth of eternities. We 
thank thee, Father, for everything that thou has given unto us, all of our experiences that help us to learn all of uh, the things that we've been able to come through. We thank thee, Father, for the technology to go out worldwide uh, to all of the world uh, in these radio broadcasts and these Facebook live streams. Uh, I'd like to ask a special blessing to all of my friends and followers in India and Pakistan and throughout the world that they may be enlightened by the things that we're going to talk about tonight, but especially all of the people throughout the whole world that hear these programs. We thank thee for the atonement of thine only begotten son, Yeshua, our Messiah and that we may be called his through the law of adoption. And we ask for these blessings, and we thank thee for all that thou hast given us, and do so in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right. All right, so let's get right into this reading today. So once again, we're in chapter 4, which starts on page 36 of... Uh, Kingdom of God, Volume 1, Knowledge is Power. It is impossible for a man to be saved in ignorance. Doctrine and Covenants, Section 131, Verse 6. No matter when or where we are born, it is by gaining knowledge and understanding that we receive joy, advancement, and growth. Brigham Young explained, quote, the first great principle that ought to occupy the attention of mankind that should be understood by the child and the adult and which is the ma mainspring of all action, whether people understand it or not, is the principle of improvement. The principle of increase of exaltation and adding to that we already possess is the grand moving principle and cause of the actions of the children of man no matter what their pursuits are in what nation they were born with what people they have been associated what religion they profess or what politics they hold this is the mainspring of the actions of the people embracing all the powers necessary and performing the duties of life that was brigham young Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, page 91. Without knowledge, intelligence, free agency, and choices, we are idiots. Spirits born in the pre-existence were just like little children born in this world, completely helpless, totally dependent on others, and without any agency. But as we grew older and began to learn, we could make our own choices and decisions. We selected our schooling, occupation, and friends. We also chose the kind of principles and standards we wanted to live by, and even the kind of kingdom we wanted to live in. We're on page 37 for those of you reading along. We voted for our government over there just as we vote for it here. If we were among the morning stars that sang for joy at the creation of this earth, what else did we do? And he's talking about in Job, where, where Jehovah is asking Job, where were you when I created the earth? And the, and the morning stars sing together for joy. That's what he's referencing there. 
We did not just keep singing for joy until the earth was completed, nor did we just sit around waiting for the dinosaurs to die off so we could have a safe place to live. According to Mosiah Hancock, who had one of the most revealing visions of the pre-mortal life, we were learning. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Mosiah Hancock now. Mosiah Hancock was the son of Levi Hancock, who was one of the uh, leaders. I think he was a 70 apostle in the church in Nauvoo. Mosiah, I think he was 11 years old when he put his hands on the corpse of Joseph Smith and vowed uh, to, uh, I can't remember what the vow was, but like, he was a lifelong member of the church. Came out of Nauvoo. He followed Brigham Young uh, West, and he became a seventy apostle himself. And he had some amazing visions that we find out about in his journal. So here's what he wrote. This is a vision that he had, and I, I think he had it when he was uh, older. But it's been a while since I've researched the the this particular vision so i can't remember exactly but let's read it but that's close and there's more to it than just this but this is an excerpt that you need to know about so when thus clothed they were arranged in classes of about 200 the males sitting in front and the females behind them and this is in the pre-existence they were in classes 200 people and they were learning and preparing to come into mortality they were taught in the arts and sciences and everything necessary to make their heart happy the teachers of the classes received the instruction they imparted from certain noble ones who in turn got their direction from the father and the son i thought i was one to overlook the classes I also saw, so he thought he, in this vision that he was having, he felt like he was one of them that was teaching the people. So I just got a beep in my ear and I don't know why. Let me just check. It's probably my wife. Actually, I'm going to do something real quick. Hold on just a minute. I'm going to call her on the on the studio. All right. We're going to bring her on air. to call me yeah but i didn't know you were doing a radio show oh you're on the radio show right now so hi everybody would you like well, I, <laughs> I can hear you now she I says hi everybody 
Well, it's because you were on the speaker uh, that I use so that people can hear you on the Facebook live stream video. But since you couldn't hear me, I put you back on the headset. Oh, okay. so they probably can't hear you. But um, did you want to listen to, to what I'm reading today or where are you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm on my way home and I've got uh, your drinks and the kids some cute little drinks. And, and I'm okay. All right, just mute yourself, and then I will read, and then if you have any comments on anything, you can uh, chime in. Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah. All right, let's see here. She's so busy after school that she's always running around doing all this stuff, and she, like, hardly ever calls into the show, so I thought, eh, well, I think she tried to call me, so I thought, oh, I'll call her and patch her right in. And it's kind of funny, because I can actually call her through the radio show. So, Kim, um, unmute yourself. What is the caller ID that you are seeing? Oh, um, so it says it's from New York, and it's 347-498-0005. Oh, <laughs> That's not even the call or the host call in number. I don't know what number that is, but yeah, it's New York. Uh, the whole thing's based in New York. So, all right. Well, I'll uh, I'll continue reading, and then um, I'm, I'm going to start over with this. Uh, we're we're talking about the Levi Hancock Journal, uh, his vision that he okay. had. So, I'll just uh, start over so you can hear it too. Okay. When thus clothed, they were arranged in classes of about 200, the males sitting in the front and the females behind them. They were taught in the arts and sciences and everything necessary to make the heart happy. The teachers of the classes received the instruction they imparted from certain noble ones, who in turn got their direction from the father and the son. I thought I was one to overlook the class. I also saw Joseph, Brigham, and many others engaged in this work of education. I thought as some became more efficient than others, they were advanced from class to class. Again, the question would be asked of the males, if you will not join the Church of Christ, what would you wish to be? And some, and, or he would sometimes say, I wish to be a judge or an officer of high rank among the people. Then, then he would be asked, will you sustain the laws of God and also the rights of all mankind? And the answer in every instance was yes. I saw there that those who were proficient in their classes were advanced more rapidly until they became most perfect in those heavenly teachings. But some males, even there in heaven, would neglect their females in their classes and not meet with them. They would go off arm in arm, as men go now, not having any desire for their duties. I never saw a female leave her place in the class assigned to her by the heavenly powers. And that's uh, Mosiah Hancock Journal, um, Pioneer Press. So Ogden Kraut compiled this. You can also read that whole vision at Visions uh, of the Latter Days. Uh, you can find that book at OgdenKraut.com. Uh, just click on Reed Ogden's books and then scroll down to Visions of the Latter Days. And then I don't remember where it is in there. Uh, we've read it on the program before in its fullness. Now, let me just say, okay, so there's there's a lot more to this vision. 
um, and it doesn't really explain some things, so I'll just explain it. When each intelligence becomes a spirit, when it becomes self-aware, it separates and you have a female and a male spirit. That's your soulmate. Because people are given free agency, sometimes male spirits would go off with male spirits, even in the pre-existence, and neglect their females. One of the biggest problems that was had in the pre-existence was that during the war in heaven, most of the people chose Lucifer's plan before he became Satan. Only those who were the elect of God remained with Yeshua, who the Gentiles called Jesus Christ, with his plan of salvation. That's what differentiates the elect from those who are not elect. Many more females remained with Yeshua or Jesus than males. So these, uh, these um, soulmates were t torn apart basically by the, the bad choices of these males. Only the elect, because they kept their first estate and because they were elect, qualify to have potential exaltation. And the only way they can receive their exaltation is to be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, masculine to feminine and feminine to masculine. That's why there is the Holy Spirit of promise. See, when we were eternal in the state of being an intelligence, it was female and male energy that that was combined. But when the female and the male energy split, like an atom splits, they had to be put back together at some point to to help with uh, to help retain the the eternal life of that. Being. That's why it says when you're married that you're one with your spouse. When you're still together by the Holy Spirit of promise, you are one with your spouse. The problem is that because there were less males than there were females, those females who had the, um, basically passed the test, they're elect, they can qualify for exaltation or for a higher order in the celestial kingdom but in order to have that they must be sealed to a male well what happens when you have many females and less males polygamy that's plural celestial marriage right down to it that's why there is plural celestial marriage but that is also why there is uh, a soulmate unfortunately most soulmates didn't stay together in the pre-existence so when you actually have a soulmate connection that's a really rare thing and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be with that person in mortality because everybody has their free agency to do what they choose to do regardless of whether it hurts the other one or not we all have free agency so and that's a, a very important um Part of the plan of salvation is the free agency to choose 
right from wrong or to choose our, our own choices and not have to be forced into being with somebody or whatever. So, all right. We're on page 38. Mosiah's important visionary account gives us a clear understanding of the activities and decisions we were involved in while in that premortal state. Number one, we attended classes of instruction and received an education, much the same as school classes here in mortality. Number two, we were taught in the arts and sciences and in the principles of righteousness, which tend to make the heart happy. Some chose not to join the church of Jesus Christ, but indicated that they would honor him or Jesus Christ, right? All right, number three, the instructions came directly from the Father and the Son, which indicates the lessons pertained to the principles and doctrines of the king, of God's kingdom. Number four, those who learned their lessons well were able to advance to higher classes. Number five, many chose, to, uh, chose the professions and positions that they wanted to in mortality when someone excels in music, mathematics, sciences, etc., at a very young age, they probably chose and developed those talents in the pre-existence. And some chose not to be educated or schooled at all. Number six, some men chose companionship with each other rather than with the females, which tendency apparently came with them into mortality number seven see this earth is for learning going through experiences it isn't so that you can come here to get damned to hellfire very few people actually get damned to hellfire we're here to learn jesus christ or yeshua hamashiach he paid for our sins so that we could repent from our mistakes but also learn through our actions and our mistakes and our not mistakes or whatever you know this whole thing is about progression and learning god didn't damn a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of males that were attracted to males in the pre-existence he allowed them to come down there might be consequences for, for uh, disobedience today who know better, but I'm going to leave that up to, to God, and I'm not going to, to condemn them, you know. Even though in the scriptures it does say it is wrong to do what they're doing, but they don't have the scriptures, or they don't know, or they don't care. And the other thing, too, and I don't, oh, I don't like getting into this topic, but... We don't know what certain people went through when they were younger that makes them choose to be the way that they are. So I'm going to let God judge because God sees the end from the beginning. He knows why people choose what they choose. He knows the whole thing where we can only see part, a part of it. I know that there's a lot of uh, uh, fundamentalists out there and a lot of Mormons and a lot of Christians that want to hate on people, but let God be the judge. He's the only one that sees the end from the beginning. Uh, 
Otherwise, they just broke something. Hold on. Clean it up. Are you okay? Okay, have Emma help you clean it up. Emma? Okay. I didn't know if she broke her arm or broke the bone or if she broke like a sub. Or something. I was like, what she broke something? <laughs> oh, no, she she dried. I think she dropped a glass on the tile by the front door, oh, okay. and now she's crying about it. So, Emmett, our our son for the radio listening audience, whatever, our son's gonna go help her with that. But she's fine. She just dropped it. So. All right, number seven, according to Mosiah, not one female ever rebelled against God, nor did any female ever leave her place in, in those schools. We're on page 39 of King, uh, Kingdom. I want to call it The Kingdom of God, Volume 1, and I think I'm just going to do that, but really the title is Kingdom of God, Volume 1. So anyway, my old radio show used to be The Kingdom of God or Nothing. <laughs> Or bust. Anyway, so on page uh, 39. So as long or so as long ago as in the pre-existence, we had the opportunity to learn principles, doctrines, and ordinances in the kingdom of God. Study and learning have always been very important in the kingdom of God, and are mentioned throughout the scriptures. Even in the latter days, the Lord revealed to His church, quote, and from time to time as shall be manifest by the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, receive revelations to unfold the mysteries of the kingdom and set in order the churches and study and learn and become acquainted with all good books and with languages and tongues and peoples. See, God wants us to be ever learning. That's part of progression, learning. And this shall be your business and your mission in all your lives. To preside in councils and set in order all the affairs of this church and kingdom. So there's a difference between the church and the kingdom. Doctrine and Covenants, section 90, verses 14 through 16. And as all have not faith, seek ye diligently to teach one another words of wisdom, Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning even by study and also by faith. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse uh, 118. And, like, I want my kids to learn. <laughs> so, so um, and they're, like, really love reading. So I don't know if I told you this, Kim, but um, I told Emmett that... Um, I'm going to order a book online that I want him to read, and I will pay him for every chapter that he finishes and writes a two-paragraph summary of the chapter. I'll pay him per page for whatever it is. So I was thinking, I, I'm not going to tell him this, but I was thinking 10 cents per page. What do you think about that? Uh, he can or <laughs> What's that? He can type. Oh, I can't. It's like breaking up like a ton. I can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to know if you wanted it handwritten or typed. 
oh, I guess typed and printed out because he has dysphagia and you can't read his writing. Right. <laughs> yeah, and his paragraphs, if he writes it out, they might be like 10 words long. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you'll be like, that's a paragraph. He had a... For those of you who are listening, so my son has dysphagia, which uh, he broke his arms when he was like, what, three, three years old? Yeah, yeah, like three or four. Yeah, so um, when he was learning to write, it, it hurt him to write because of the breaks when he was younger, and he never got over it. But he types really good, so... Yeah. So, but um, I was thinking... Um, I wanted him to read certain books like um, for the first one is a book that I'm going through right now called The Brave New World by um, Huxley. It was written in 1923, which is the year my grandparents were born. <laughs> and um, it's fascinating. But I want him to learn critical thinking skills. And I know he loves to read, and I figured... If he reads a 600-page book, that's, what, $60, 10 cents a page? Mm-hmm. So he can earn some money by doing that. So I'm, I'm going to have Olivia, I'm going to do that for both of our oldest kids. So if they want to, they can earn money by doing that. So I told them about it today. You should tell them that mom think? will make sure it's grammatically correct and that I will be grading so that they have to do... Oh, yeah, because people... Uh, writing, 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 if you don't know... Yeah, they can't hear you on the Facebook live stream because you can't understand me on that speaker that I have. But oh. um, uh, my my wife is a teacher, and uh, she does early early childhood education, which is her passion in life. But uh, she said she's going to grade her, grade the kids' papers and make sure that they are correct. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, getting back to the reading. And I give unto you, uh, did you have any uh, comments on anything? Actually, you know what, I'm going to have speakerphone. Okay, are you there? Yeah, I am. Okay, so uh, did you have any comments on anything that uh, I've been talking about so far? No, I hadn't thought of anything. Okay. All right, well, just chime in if you need to say something, and I'll put you back. Um, I'll put it back on the set so that the audio quality is better for the podcast. All right, and I give unto you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Teach ye diligently, and my grace shall attend you, and you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God that are expedient for you to understand, of things both in heaven and in earth, and under the earth, and things which have been things which are and things which must shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things which are are abroad, and the wars and the perplexities of the nations and the judgments which are on the land and the knowledge also of countries and kingdoms. 
that they may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verses 77 through 80. Brigham Young gave similar counsel, quote, And inasmuch as the Lord Almighty has designed, designed us to know all that is in the earth, both the good and the evil, and to learn not only, not only what is in the heavens, but what is in hell, you need not expect to ever get through with learning. Contributor Magazine, Volume 10, well, it's Contributor, Volume 10, uh, page 281. I think that the Contributor was a magazine, and then they put all of, like, the volumes in like one year would be one volume of all of the the publications through the contributor. I think that's how that worked, but I could be wrong. So that could have been a newspaper, maybe. Anyway, in both the pre-mortal and the mortal worlds, we can choose the kind of learning that is that is most important to us. If a person signs up or signed up for all of the available courses at the University of New York, it would take him over 500 years to complete them all. Since we cannot obtain all the knowledge available in this life, we should use wisdom in selecting the kind of learning that is most important to us. Certainly for Latter-day Saints, gospel principles of exaltation and eternal increase should be at the top of the list. Furthermore, according to Brigham Young, we should study both good and evil in their consequences. However, it is not necessary to consciously commit evil to learn its consequences. Without even trying, most of us make bad decisions and mistakes to give us plenty of experience with an understanding of evil. Let me just say, okay, so he, he made a good point. And I don't know, this was in 1999 that this book was compiled, I think, if I remember correctly. But the point is, like, just to take all the courses at New York University, it would take over 500 years to complete them all. And for some reason, we think that we're going to receive exaltation to become gods and goddesses in one lifetime. And even, like, little babies that qualify for a celestial kingdom, they're going to be infants on thrones, on thrones of god godlyhood with no experience. That's not how it works. That's why God has made a way for eternal progression through multiple mortal probations. God wants us to learn lifetimes of knowledge before we get to the point where we receive the opportunity to be part of the higher classes where eventually we go through becoming one of the noble and great ones and then one of the ones mighty and strong and there are 15 for each earth 12 in front of three and then we uh we continue to progress through up into godhood that's how it's done it's not done in one lifetime it's done in multiple lifetimes over the history of eons of time throughout multiple Earths, not just multiple lives within one Earth, period. And, and I don't believe 
in reincarnation in the way most do. I don't believe we come back many times on the same earth. Although there is a case for it. It's just that when I asked Heavenly Father about it, I was given some instruction, and he, but then he told me there's more to it. And I don't know what the more to it is yet. So, I mean, I'm not throwing it out. Maybe, maybe there is something to it, but I'm just not. The scripture says that when we die, we're judged. And so I, I don't know. I don't want to get into that right at this time. But there is something to reincarnation. I just don't understand it completely. I understand multiple mortal probations from earth to earth, though. I understand that very clear because Heavenly Father showed me that, that that was a thing. So, which I talked about in the program more in depth yesterday, if you want to know more about that. So... Well, that would have been the program for March 4th, 2020, so. All right. After being taught, it is important that we qualify to teach others. A good teacher is an essential member of society, not just in a formal classroom setting, but in everyday life. Among the studies given to the children of the kingdom were those pertaining to the plan of salvation. Since principles... Such principles, doctrines, laws, commandments, and ordinances and covenants were to be followed exactly as they were originally given and were to remain the same for everyone in every dispensation. See, but the church doesn't do that now. They continually change even the endowment. They change words in the scriptures. They change the endowment. They change the ordinances. They change them back. They go back and forth. And all. It's just an ever ever changing mess and it might happen over many years it might happen over a lifetime but those changes are happening and they're not happening because god is wishy-washy they're happening because because satan is getting his way doing things that he ought not to do and people are not obedient to god and they get these ideas in their head they need to do this, that, or the other, and then they change things. Well, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if they're changing the ordinances and the endowment, then I, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, I know that in your strong delusion, you can uh, you can make up excuses for anything. Like, I've heard it all from the Christians, the Jews, and everybody else. We've got a really good capacity to make up excuses for things that we want to defend. But if God gave us certain things a certain way, then why do we have to change it? So the penalties, that, that was something that was taken out of the endowment um, back in the 90s, I think it was. That was taken out, and people are like, oh, there are penalties, like, like, this is something that you're going to do if you divulge the information that you're going to have to be blood atoned and all of that. That's not what those were about. You would suffer someone else to take your life rather than divulge the keys and the tokens. That's what that was about. Not that you would, that you would, um, if you, if you did divulge them, that you would, uh, be on a hit list for the Brighamites to come track you down and, and kill you by disemboweling you or whatever it is that they're going to do. Uh, it's total misunderstanding. 
it's Satan at work trying to get people to not understand the truth of the endowment. But even last year, they took they took a bunch of stuff out of the endowment. Well, heck, the endowment used to be an all-day-long process, and now they dwindle it down to an hour and a half or an hour or whatever it is. You know, like... Why did God give us all of this extra stuff if we could just keep on cutting away at it? Isaiah actually saw the drunkards of Ephraim doing, and he, he described it as cutting, uh, cutting, basically having a bed. And see, this bed is what you want the gospel to, de- to be, and everything that hangs over the side of the bed, the drunkards of Ephraim just cut off. So they're cutting and they're trimming and they're doing all this stuff to the gospel, but all that stuff they're cutting off is still part of the gospel. Just because they reject it doesn't mean it's not part of God's kingdom or God's laws or God's ordinances or God's gospel. And because the the, the church as a, as a corporation does those type of things, they're under great, great condemnation. Which is part of the reason why they haven't received a revelation in over 100 years. And they say policy adjustments are revelation. No, they're not. That's not how Joseph Smith received policy adjustments. He was commanded in written revelation on what to do, and and it was uh, put in the Book of Commandments and the Doctrine and Covenants. So, anyway, such principles, doctrines, laws, commandments, ordinances, and covenants were to be followed exactly as they were originally given and were to remain the same for everyone in every dispensation. Joseph Smith advised, quote, and we're on page 41 for those of you following along, ordinances instituted in the heavens before the foundation of the world in the priesthood for the salvation of men are not to be altered or changed. Wouldn't it be nice if they would just listen to Joseph Smith, who was the prophet of the restoration, the Lord's anointed, and stop doing the whole changing thing all the time? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, Joseph Smith would excommunicate every single one of them today. Absolutely, without a doubt. But let's, let's, let's read what else Joseph Smith said. Okay. Ordinances in the heavens before the foundation of the earth and in the priesthood for the salvation of men are not to be altered or changed. All must be saved on the same principles. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, which you can go find at Deseret Book, page 308. Or it's probably easier to find it on Amazon since most of my listeners are in the United States. But like worldwide, it's hard for people to get to, you know, bookstores in North America. (laughs) So Amazon might be a better way for you to find out, like to go look it up, go on Amazon and, and type in teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith and you can get it sent to you uh, probably plus, you know, the book plus shipping wherever you are in the world. So these principles constituted the gospel of the kingdom, whereas all other gospels would be the gospel of men or the devil. The gospel of the kingdom was designed to be followed like a blueprint given to a building contractor. The stability of the building depended on strict adherence to that blueprint. Cement must meet certain specific standards. Metal beams must be the right size and length. And all the metals must be used exactly to specification. 
as Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith explained, quote, the gospel has always been the same, the ordinance to fulfill its requirements the same, and the officers to officiate the same. The signs and fruits resulting from the promise promises the same. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 264. But in spite of these warnings, man began to revise and change God's blueprints designed for the salvation and exaltation of mankind and substitute other principles and laws. It is interesting to see the variety of values and interests. Hold on. Yelling during my radio program is against the law. Shut your mouth. <laughs> They're laughing. <laughs> <sighs> my my daughter Eliza, she gets dramatic. Pretty much no reason. It's kind of funny, but it's mostly ridiculous. Anyway, it is it is interesting to see the variety of values and interests interests people have in getting a worthwhile education. Some will pump iron and spend many hours daily developing their physical muscles, yet spend very little time building up and the intellectual muscle of the brain. The motivation for developing our brain is given to us by the Prophet Joseph Smith. I want to say something. So I have a saying, like the more time you spend with God, the more God will reveal to you. And the, the, the stronger your spiritual senses will become. So the scriptures, they are like weights at a gym the more you pick them up and the more you read the scriptures and the the words of the prophet of the restoration joseph smith and other words other people who are teaching you truth and you are praying and you are making sure to get confirmation that what these the you know topics and principles are true you are building up your spiritual muscles until you become a bodybuilder and you're like receiving revelations and God's teaching you personally. You get to that point. The only way you get to that point is by by picking up those scriptures and working out spiritually. So we need to take care of our mind, our bodies, and our spirits. If we let one of those fall, it's just not good for us. So that's why right now, like I said, I'm reading a book called um, Brave New World by Huxley. Uh, that's why I um, listen to documentaries and I read all kinds of other books as well because I am I'm working out intellectually um, and doing the scripture studies and these radio programs. That's a spiritual muscle exercise, you know. So I'm not as good on, um, on the physical I used to do six miles a day on my elliptical, and now I don't even want to do 10, 10 feet a day. I don't even want to walk up the stairs. Uh, so I have an imbalance there, and my wife would probably like it if I was a little more energetic. But I, I tell her, you know what? I drive like three, four, five, six hundred miles a night. That's plenty of exercise for me. <laughs> 
anyway, it, it does actually wear you down in your body by being in a semi-truck, and I can't describe it. If you've experienced it, then you'll know what I'm talking about, but you actually have to use your whole body to drive that truck. It's not just sitting in a seat and driving. Anyway, whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. If a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience than another, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. Doctrine and Covenants, section eight, uh, 129, verses 18 and 19. All right, let me just get a drink real quick. And I think my wife is home. And not listening. Kim, are you there? I think I hear her downstairs instructing the children on page 42. I actually wish that my studio was big enough to have both of us in here like we used to do. And I actually have a room over the garage, which is. Well, all right. I've got to do a part two of this because uh, the clips only let me go up to so long. So we'll be back with part two. Okay, so uh, I just looked at everything, and we're actually going to be going into overdrive tonight, which means the program will be longer than two hours long. Um, Once we get to the end of the live streaming portion of two hours, the only way you can listen to this is to listen later on the podcast or to call into the phone line, which is 917-889-8827. And if you're on the phone line before the end of the two hours, before 8 p.m., then you'll be able to listen. But if you don't call in before 8 p.m., it won't let you call in. So uh, if you want to listen to the overdrive, um, it's not going to be that much or that long past the time. Um, We have 50 minutes still, and so it'll be like... I don't know, two hours and 10 or two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. So anyway, we'll continue on with the the program. Um, if you're listening along, well, I guess we're at 50 minutes and 52 seconds right now. I did rewind it just 20 seconds or 15 seconds um, for part two, so you'll hear a little tiny bit of a repeat, but it won't be that much. So anyway, thank you for listening. Here we go. Page 42. I actually wish that my studio was big enough to have both of us in here like we used to do. And I actually have a room over the garage, which is a large room, which eventually I'm going to make into a studio so that it's bigger in this closet literally this closet that i am in is about four feet wide by i don't know six feet maybe it's a big closet but it's my studio (laughs) page 42 in mortality we are placed in positions and situations based on what we did and learned in our pre-mortal life and our pre-mortal life actually included other multiple mortal probations 
it's premortal to this life. The pre-existence is a lot bigger than you think it is. There's a lot more experiences that we had in the pre-existence. So anyway, likewise, in the next world, we will inherit the merits of what we did and learn in this life. Hence, the importance of learning and preparing ourselves for a better place in the next world. And I'm just going to say, the Jews understood reincarnation. That's why they were like, Savior Jesus, did this child sin that he was born blind? Like, before he came to this earth, was did he sin somehow, and that's why he was born blind? Because they understood reincarnation or multiple mortal probations. Now, Satan gets a hold of a, a gospel topic, and over time he twists it into something else. And so most of what we understand by reincarnation is just a twisted, perverted form of what the truth is. So, um, anyway, that's why there has to be a restoration of the truth on the earth. That's why the, the New Testament talks about a restoration time, which opened up with Joseph Smith in 1820. All right, let's see. But we have been instructed that we could not possibly learn everything either in the preexistence nor in mortality, but that our learning glory and kingdom could continue to grow and increase throughout the eternities. However, there are some who have a differ, differing view on this continual learning capacity, such as Bruce R. McConkie and Joseph Fielding Smith, who I love to mock. Uh, let's see what they had to say. There are those who say that God is progressing in knowledge and is learning new truths. This is false utterly totally and completely there is not one sliver of truth in it okay well they weren't they weren't prophets so i don't know how they would know anything but anyway i have been uh, sorely tempted to say at this point that any who so supposed have the intellect of an ant and understanding of of a clod of miry clay in a pre uh, primordial swamp and then he laughs. Okay, so he's like using name calling to try to put other people down for believing something that he doesn't believe. Like, that sounds like a prophet. Oh, that's what I do. So, but anyway, but of course, I would never say anything like that. Ha 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 ha. More laughter. He, speaking of God, knows all things and all power and is everywhere present by the power of his are his spirit and unless we know and believe this doctrine we cannot gain faith unto life and salvation actually his power is wielded uh through the office of of the witness or testator or the holy spirit and then it was given forth to the angels that are ministering angels who have charge over each one of us all of us have angels around us we also have demons around us but those angels work using the power of the Holy Spirit to influence us in our lives, giving us inspiration, revelation, confirmation of the Spirit. That's how it seems like the Holy Spirit's everywhere all at once. But really, there's, there's a very um, regimented way with, with which all of these things are done. 
God's Holy Spirit isn't everywhere all in the universe, just flowing through everything, and he's everywhere and nowhere all at once. Like, that's the way that the pagans who hijacked early Christianity uh, talked about it in, uh, in Rome, like Constantinople. No, was it Constantine? The, the council at, at Nicaea. Yeah, so... All right, uh, and the Council at Trent and all of that other stuff. So We cannot gain faith uh, unto life and salvation. The perfections of God are named as the perfections which belong to all of the attributes of his nature, which is to say God possesses and has all knowledge, all faith or power, all justice, all judgment, all mercy, and all truth. He is indeed the very embodiment personification and source of all these attributes. Does anyone suppose that God can be more honest than he already is? No. And actually, I agree with him about these things, but he got to that point. He learned these things. He went through all of this. He set up this plan to help us to best, uh, best come to him and to learn how to be like him. So he isn't alone on the mountaintop. Anybody out there who has has received revelations and prophecy and visions, you might talk about it with people unless you've been told not to or whatever, but it's a very lonely place. Even when you do tell people about it, unless you have somebody that you can talk to that's also had the same type of experiences, it's, it's a lonely place. If God didn't make a way for us to be like he is, he might treat us like pets. He might love us like a master. But I don't know if you could truly understand what a lonely position that would be. He wants his children, his sons and his daughters to grow up to understand him and to be like he is. If he is he has organized this earth, the plan of salvation, even Lucifer and Satan, two different whatever. Uh, those are titles and offices, not just names. Um, the way it is, so that we can learn and grow and progress and be forgiven for the things that we do wrong, but learn from them anyway. That's what these earth earths are all about. Growing experience and experiences. Does anyone suppose that God can be more honest than he already is? Neither need any suppose there are, there are truths he does not know or knowledge he does not possess. Bruce R. McConkie, BYU, 14th State Fireside, June 1st, 1980, printed by Pioneer Press. Um... Can you guys hear me downstairs? If you can, come knock on my door. I want to see if they're listening. So, Page 43. Do we believe that God has all wisdom? If so, in that, he is absolute. If there is something he does not know, then he is not absolute in wisdom. And to think such an, a thing is absurd. Does he have all power? If so then there is nothing in which he lacks. 
if he is lacking in wisdom and in power, he is not supreme, and there must be something greater than he is, and this is absurd. Joseph Fielding Smith, Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 1, page 5. And let me just say, God the Eternal Father, he's, he is all-knowing. He has all of that. But there are Elohim under him who are still learning. Still learning. We're at different levels. Um, you know, exaltations to exaltations. There's a lot more than, than what you might understand, actually, what any of us understand. Because, like, some of the stuff I've seen, I can't even talk about it in words because I don't have words to describe. There's so much more to the whole thing than what we get this little tiny glimpse of. But it's all about progression, so... All right, let's see here. I cannot comprehend God in his perfection, having to spend time discovering laws and he does, uh, that he does not know. So let me tell you a secret about, about God, the eternal father. He was the first to become self-aware. He and his feminine counterpart split from the intelligence and they were the first spirits. And they became the father and mother of all living because they helped others of the intelligence come forth. Luckily, they were good. I mean, could you imagine what it would be like to serve a God that just hates you and wants to destroy you all the time? Like, we won the lottery by having a God who is so wise and perfect, but he did not start out that way. We are from the same substance. We're literally the same essence as what God is. He is just a glorified person through eons of time have learned and grown, gained experiences, wisdom and knowledge to the point where he knows it all. We have the potential to become like he is. He, we are little larvae compared to what he is, just starting out, growing and growing, but still. Even Jesus Christ, as an exalted being, is an ant compared to God the Eternal Father. His glory is far beyond anything, and you cannot come into his presence unless you are prepared to become like he is. The only reason I have seen him is through a vision. I wasn't actually in his presence. When God showed me how everything began and where everything started, I was shown a vision far off and I was brought into close to where it was and I was explained how things were but I have not been in the presence of God the Eternal Father it is my understanding that I would be completely obliterated destroyed made into you know dust for lack of a better word because this glory is so great it's like my mortality going into the sun like that didn't last long and I'm completely destroyed. That's kind of like the glory of God. So 
the glory of God, the eternal Father. So, all right. Such a thought to me is, an, uh, is destructive, not progressive. Should there be truth which God has not discovered, then, then may he discover it, and like a chemist who mixes certain elements and blows himself up, when, when will the Almighty find some hidden truth or law which will shatter all? So that's from the same publication, volume 1, page 10. All right, so I understand where they're coming from, but... And you know what? God is all-knowing now, but he became that way. And he wants us to become like he is. That's one of the great mysteries or secrets. All right, let's see here. It looks like... Somebody messing with the internet? Okay. All right. The Facebook live stream just went down. I don't know what's going on. It says, due to poor wireless connection, video has been paused. Consider moving to a better signal uh, or you can end the broadcast. Well, I can't because I'm here. Oh, man, I I can't wait till we have fiber optics. So, all right, well, I'll just continue reading. So, and if they come back on, they come back on. If they don't, they don't. So. However, both men admit that God's kingdom will continue to increase in dominion, size, and glory, but wouldn't that be impossible without gaining greater knowledge and understanding about these kingdoms? Both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young explain the nature of this continuous learning process. Joseph Smith stated, I learned a testimony concerning Abraham, and he reasoned concerning the God of heaven. In order to do that, said he, Suppose we have two facts. Suppose another fact may exist, um, two men on the earth, one wiser than the other, would logically show that another who is wiser than the wisest may exist. I wish that this thing would reconnect. This is really irritating. Intelligences exist one above another, so there is no end to them. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 373. I'm going to cut off this Wi-Fi here on this tablet, and maybe we can get things to, uh, to work better. Excuse me. says it's secured and it's connected so I don't know what is going on with this you know sometimes I think that um, people at Facebook and YouTube just do this video stopped God that really irritates me let me start a new live 
stream on the Facebook. All right. If it will work. Oh, it says go live down here. All right, so this is part two of the video that we're doing today at, um, on the 5th of March, 2020. Uh, to listen to the whole thing, you're going to want to go to iTunes uh, and, and listen to the Fundamentally Mormon podcast, which is unbroken, um, or go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Fundamentally Mormon. So, all right, well, let's just continue with the reading here. Brigham Young, it has been stated that God, our Father, comprehends eternity from eternity to eternity. All there is, all there was, and all there all there ever can be about eternity in and through it. And when a person undertakes to establish such a doctrine, what does he do? He gives bounds to that eternity, which he at the same time admits to be boundless. Admit such doctrine and eternity flees away like the shadows of morning, and that is as much as I teach about it. And that was Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 17. All things that have come within the bounds of man's limited knowledge, the things he naturally understands, teach him that there is no period in all the eternities wherein organized existence will become stationary, that it cannot advance in knowledge, wisdom, power, and glory. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 349. Because of the weaknesses, or the weakness of human nature, it must crumble to the dust, but in all the revolutions and changes in the existence of men in the eternal world, which they may inhabit, and in the knowledge that they have obtained as a people on the earth, there is no such thing as principle, power, wisdom, knowledge, life, position, or anything that can be imagined that remains stationary. They must increase or decrease. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 350. Also, Contributor, Volume 5, page 22. All right, uh, so this is part two, uh, the live stream of the, uh, on the Facebook decided to drop for some reason. So if you want to listen to this uh, program in its entirety, go listen to the full podcast at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon, or find the podcast at fundamentally Mormon in Apple iTunes or wherever you find podcasts to listen to. So, so the increase of knowledge and learning should be a continuous process and is an important factor in developing a kingdom, but it can also be a very dangerous thing as we will see in the next chapter. So chapter five is the rebellion that will be starting on page 45. This is tomorrow. We're going to read this tomorrow. Now I'm going to open up the lines right now. I'm going to read this one chapter or not chapter. I'm going to read the first page of this chapter just so you can get an idea of what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. And if I have anybody who calls in, I will allow them on and we can have questions or comments or whatever and that's fine if there's nobody by the end of the reading of this one page then 
I will talk to you all tomorrow. So let's get into it. And like I said, prayer requests can be taken on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S-1977 in the live stream during the live stream podcast or broadcast. So, all right, let's get into this one page. We're on page 45, chapter 5 of the Rebellion. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. This is a pre-existent thing, not a future thing for all of those who think, like, they don't have any interpretation of Scripture because you don't get revelation and you're trying to, like, trying to figure it out. This is something that happened before this earth was created. Before before this earth had people on it. Okay? Because of the lack of information, there are many questions about the war in heaven in the pre-existence. Isaiah gave the following explanation, the, qu- uh, the question. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now let me just say, Lucifer is a Latin word for the Hebrew word, I believe it's Iblis. It means bearer of light and truth. Lucifer used to be one of the great archangels. He was a god. Lower G God, not an exalted, not yet an exalted God, but he was high. He was the bearer of light and truth, and he failed. He was the second son of the morning, even that of the evening star. Now, in the position of authority on this earth, you've got God, who is the creator, who holds the position of the morning star. You have the bright and morning star, and then you have the evening star, each pertaining to the dispensation that they will come into the earth as mortal beings. Michael, the archangel, took upon himself mortality and came onto this earth as Adam. He is called the Ancient of Days. He is that God spoken about in Daniel chapter 7 that sits upon the throne that is encircled about by a concourse of innumerable people. And in Daniel chapter 12, you see that the name of the man that sits on that throne is indeed Michael, the great prince, who is the same as Michael the archangel. In the pre-existence, he fought against Lucifer because Lucifer rebelled. Lucifer had his title stripped from him. The name of Lucifer is a title. I don't know his real name. And he was given another title and stripped of all honor and glory and became Satan. So each earth has to have a Satan. And I believe I understand how a Satan is chosen. So if you understand multiple mortal probations on, so on this earth, There is a prophet who is a true prophet, but through his pride and his arrogance, he has fallen. He retains his gifts, 
but he is deceived by a false source. He will be chosen to be a Lucifer, a second witness or an evening star on a future earth. And then after that position of authority is filled, a person that was a, is a prophet as well, that he rejected, that he condemned and he slandered, will take the position of the Redeemer. Oh, and that's going to cause him to be very angry. He places himself in that position through his arrogance and his pride. And that is why he falls. It's all done uh, through this process because there has to be a Satan for each earth. And the fact of the matter is this prophet who right now is living on this earth, who will become the Lucifer of the next earth, is an arrogant, wicked man who tried to use super authority, tried to claim that he is the second witness of the Father, and then he slanders and all of this sort of stuff. When he sees me put in a position of authority over him, He's going to flip, and then there will be a division and a war in heaven, and he will have his office taken from him, and another will be chosen who is actually worthy of that position of authority. That's how Lucifer becomes Satan. But that's also why Lucifer is the light bearer, the one who testifies of truth and is the second witness of the Father. It's very confusing for people who always believe that Satan is Lucifer when Satan lost his title of Lucifer when he fell and became Satan. So Isaiah sees here, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? He was the evening star. So let me get back to that real quick. Michael came down, he is the morning star. He came down in the first dispensation of this earth's history, and he is mighty and strong, and there were four that came down in his dispensation who are also mighty and strong. Then in the next dispensation and the meridian of time, one who was mighty and strong prepared the way for Yeshua, who was also mighty and strong, and three others came with him, so there's five altogether for each dispensation. For this dispensation, and, that, and Jesus is considered the bright and morning star. He's a son of the morning. There's only two sons of the morning as far as that goes. Lucifer, or the bearer of light and truth, and I'm not talking about Satan, but the title of the, the bearer of light and truth, or the Holy Ghost, the Ruach HaKodesh, he comes into mortality in this last dispensation, and he is the evening star. He is Messiah ben Joseph, Jesus Christ, or Yeshua is Messiah ben Judah. From the beginning to the end, you've got the, the morning star, who is Michael for this earth. The bright and morning star who comes in the noon of the history of the day of this earth, in the meridian of time, 
That is the bright morning start. In the evening start, when things are starting to wrap up, then the Ruach HaKodesh gains mortality and comes into life. He is God the witness, the second witness of the Father, who I am. And if you want to know more about that, you can go into yesterday's program, and I went into more detail upon in, in that. So, anyway... How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Uh, reason. The reason. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, the bright morning star. And he wanted to exalt. He was so angry because this other person was chosen over him that he wanted to exalt himself above the whole thing. And that's why he rebelled. And that's why he fell. And that's why another was chosen to take his place from among they who are mighty and strong. So, um, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my, my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon, also upon the mount of the congregation and in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. The result. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit, that they, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 17. So, all right, so that's it for today. Uh, we'll be on page 45 when we come back tomorrow at 4.30. And then um, tomorrow is my wife's free birthday. <laughs> Her birthday's on Saturday, but we're going to celebrate partly tomorrow. So, But I'm going to do this program tomorrow at 4, and we'll be in the rebellion. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. So we don't have any guest callers, which is fine and is to be expected. I might have a heart attack if somebody actually ever called in. I've got listeners all up, all over the place, but people don't like to call in for some reason. You know, the way I look at it, okay, I'm doing a live stream, whatever. I kind of look at it like I'm talking on the phone with a new friend. And they're asking me questions. I'm asking them questions. It's kind of fun. So that's the way I look at like radio shows. I, I know I used to call into radio shows and my heart would pound like a madman. But it, I'm not I'm not that scary. So anyway, all right. So I'm gonna let it go at that. I'm gonna mute it, and we're going to play um, the going out music. So I'll. Uh, and we don't have any prayer requests, so I won't worry about that. So thank you for listening, everybody. Take care. God bless and shalom.